0: everyone it's Dave Deboe here with another episode of the property profits real estate podcast today zooming in Mr. Paul Thompson we're in for a real treat today you guys because Paul is not only an accomplished real estate entrepreneur he's also a money expert he's a podcast host and he's an all-around sharp guy in fact a few years ago Paul went from full-time working with a WT job good job corporate america to becoming a full-time real estate investor quite quickly. In fact, he did 20 deals in 18 months while working full-time, which is very impressive because my little claim to fame for a while until Paul came around was doing 18 deals in 18 months. And that's when I was focused 100% (laughs) on real estate investing. So Paul, you kicked my butt eight ways to Sunday on that. So glad to have you on the show.
1: Well, thank you for having me. This is going to be a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, let's talk today About some of your your ideas on the importance of creating a new mindset around money, because I think that was one of the the kind of the self growth Mm -hmm. steps that you took along your path that helped you to transition from working full time to becoming a full time real estate entrepreneur.
1: That's right, definitely. I kind of was raised in a scenario where money was kind of there was never enough of it, and I kind of was raised in a bit of a scarcity mindset, it took me a little while to. Kind of unwind that programming. I was raised by great people, just heart, uh, salt of the earth, you know, good heart. But they just lived in a scenario where money was always there's always a shortage of money, and there was a scarcity mindset,
0: and you had to work hard to make yeah, money, which, yeah, yeah,
1: got that's right, on. yeah. So I talk about money in a little different way than I think a lot of people do. In the striving for money is is I think a mistake. So what we really want to think about is. Money is simply a resource, and that's a mindset shift that you might want to make. And I kind of characterize it into kind of five categories of thinking of money as simply a resource, and not necessarily the goal that you need to achieve. Mm -hmm. And one of the first things you want to kind of get your head around is separating time from money, There's a saying that time is equal to money, and we're trained to exchange our time for money. And that's a huge mistake if you want to accomplish the things in your life that you want to do. Money is simply a resource and you don't want to just be trapped into the framework of exchanging time for money. That's a money trap. And secondly,
0: well, when, go ahead. Sorry, sorry if I jump in here, Paul. I just want to kind of expand on things. So trading time for money, getting out of that, I get it intellectually, but for somebody who is stuck in that, mm-hmm. who's got 20 or 30 years under their belt doing exactly that, Right. any quick tips on how to how to actually make that shift.
1: Yeah. So one of the uh, best exercises that I think someone can do to kind of capture and get their head around the goldfish bowl that they're in is, is to figure out what your time value of money is. So whether you're an accountant, whether you're a neurosurgeon or you're a ditch ticker, you, there is a value in your life. The society places on your time that you do yeah, a certain that's
0: job bucks an hour, right? hundred bucks an hour. Whatever,
1: whatever, right. And if you figure out, especially as an entrepreneur or as a small business owner, if you figure out what your time value of money is, then you can figure out, okay, so I'm worth $150 an hour for my consulting service or whatever it, it might be. So if that's the case, then why would you ever do a job going forward that you could hire for less than hundred fifty dollars an hour? Why would you mow your own grass if you could spend that time getting $150 of right. time someplace else? That is still the same trap that I'm talking about, that time is equal to money, but at least it, it makes you aware of the matrix. It,
0: it helps oh, delegate some of the lower right. value tasks. Right.
1: So you have time to think about the bigger activities that you want to do, what we want to do. And, and so you can't separate yourself from that trap until you are at least aware of the trap. Okay, now you're aware of the trap, okay, so I'm worth one f- fake numbers I'm worth one fifty an hour, okay, so maybe I can design a business where i'm I'm starting to do the five hundred dollar t- hour task and I'm delegating everything else beyond that. then that gives you to the place where okay now now let's think about money in a different way, and okay, so I've put this construct in place of what the value of my time is, so now let's figure out how I can do something which kind of leads on to the next level of where I can multiply my time. So instead of exchanging an hour for a dollar or $150, how can I, step number two, how can I switch from earning piles of money to streams of money? Mm. How can I make a decision to buy an asset that is making money for me while I sleep? And that's the streams of money. That's the little dividend. That's the, that's the cash flow. That's interest on, on the loan that you pay and the, the, that you give to somebody else. That's money that's now working for you in a way that is not just your time. And that's the real kind of you know, matrix move where you're dodging the bullets. Okay, now I'm aware of the matrix. Now i got to figure out how to work inside the matrix. And to well, do yeah, so- that's,
0: that's a good point because I think, you know, the podcast here is definitely focused on real estate entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. I think they've all- Drunk the Kool-Aid to one degree yep. or another that passive income is where it's at. So yeah, this is where it ties in very, very nicely. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah,
1: and p- passive income is that term has gotten, come to the point to where it doesn't mean that much anymore. Yeah. And so I like to use the concept of residual income. So you do something once and you get residual income. There's only so many ways to do that. There's rent, there's interest, there's intellectual property. There's only so many ways you can do that. Going to a job and exchanging your time for money typically doesn't offer you that. That residual based on one hours of activity. You can also think of it as maybe just like streams of income. What can I do with something else besides my time that creates additional streams of income in the future? And it takes a lot of these, by the way, like the challenge is if you make $100,000 a year, it takes a lot of little streams of income to, to make up for that. If you're doing rental properties, for example, you may need to buy 30, 40, 50 houses to make up for one job. But now you have assets that are earning you income versus just your time.
0: Plus, there's a hell of a lot more ways to make money from property than just cash. Right. Tokens. That's just That's- the
1: introduction, right? Is the cash. That's what people get at first, right? The next step I like to think about when money is that a lot of people don't catch onto this is that value is subjective. So you want to go out into the marketplace and create value. And you think you know what, va- what somebody else's value of something is, but it's what people are willing to pay for something is subjective. It's based on their situation. And the most common example that I've seen is that answers this so perfectly or kind of demonstrates this so perfectly is this little ice cream analogy. So Dave, what is your favorite flavor of ice cream? Tiger. Tiger?
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, that's interesting. I have to ask about that later on. Okay. So your favorite flavor of ice cream is tiger. Yeah. Is there a flavor of ice cream that you would simply not whatsoever? It's a horrible thought to you to eat, say, coconut ice cream.
0: Black licorice ice cream. Black
1: licorice ice cream. So what if you had three scoops of black licorice ice cream and I had one scoop of tiger ice cream? And I would say, I would be willing to trade you for that. And you get one scoop and I get three. Would you be willing to make that trade?
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: Why would you be to give up three scoops of ice cream? Because
0: there's absolutely no value to me for that type of ice right. cream. Yeah.
1: It's very a simple example, right? It's very obvious, but in the marketplace, what is the value of a property? What is the value of, Somebody who has a problem and they need to get out of it. Value is subjective. So what you're doing for is you're looking in the marketplace for scenarios where there's like inconsistency in values. So you're looking for something at a discount that you can buy at a discount. And the reason they sell it for discount is because they don't have the wherewithal or the interest in dealing with it.
0: Well, they need a quick solution.
1: They need a quick solution, right? I mean, like most of us shop at big department stores. We know they're making a profit on these, but they're buying these things wholesale. Why are we not mad at them for buying these things wholesale and selling so don't do us at retail? Because well, right. they're taking- or
0: Why do we go buy stuff at a convenience store at a gas right. station that charges way more than even the department? Right. right. Right.
1: Why, why do you buy a can of, of pop or Coke for $2 when you know you can go to, you know, d- down the street and buy a case for, <laughs> for you know, 250 dollars two fifty? right? It, exactly. it, because it's convenient. At the time, this is more important to me. Value is subjective. That business is playing on the idea that value is subjective. They know people are willing to pay for convenience. So when you're looking at being in the marketplace and getting out in the field and understanding business, that's a very fundamental concept that I think a lot of people kind of gloss over. They're so used to being an employee and they're just doing their job and they're not thinking about their time value of money. And when you know your time value of money and you realize, oh, well, someone's paying me $150 an hour, or probably they're paying you $75 an hour, but they're charging their other client $150 for your time. If you any have any inkling of entrepreneurship, you, you, you realize that they're making twice the money on me and I'm, I'm working my, my tail off over here.
0: And it's probably you wanna, three times, actually. It's probably three times.
1: Odds, a lot of times it is three times. So now what could you do to be in the driver's seat? That's really the, the question that you're talking about here is when you're trying to achieve your own goals and what your goals are. Step number four here is that you don't want more money. You want what money can do for you. Hmm. Right, so we started off this whole conversation of we're we're reaching, we're achieving and the American dream, which kind of spills over to the rest of the world, is that you want to achieve and kind of get this level of of wealth, of accomplishment, right? But will you really be happy when you summit that mountaintop and you one day wake up and find yourself wealthy? Is wealth the, the actually the answer to to happiness? I think we know intellectually that it's not, but But our behavior and what's in the common popular media is the exact opposite of that. So remind yourself that you don't actually want money. You don't want to be screwed from, you know, swimming in this pile of gold. You want what that gold, that money can do for you. Right. Figure out what you want personally, figure out how to go be resourceful enough to acquire the assets and the money that you need to do what's important to you, do something that matters to you in your life.
0: Kind of reminds me of what uh Tim Ferriss talks about in the four hour work week, right? It's when he kind of realized that for himself, it wasn't about it wasn't about owning a bunch of stuff. It wasn't right. about having a multi-million dollar bank account. It was about living the lifestyle that he wanted. And then he, he reversed engineered things so that he could do that and and have a lot of these kind of passive streams of income. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. But he's a classic sense of he's He's certainly still working. There's no, no way at all that he's w- only working four hours a week. So a lot of people miss the point of that because of the title. That was just a marketing gimmick to get, yeah. get people's attention, right? But it worked. The, 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 and it worked brilliantly because the concept Because by the way, he did the market research and figured out what people valued. They valued the, the keyword of four-hour work week. And then he did a little bait and switch on them. He told them about the four-hour work week concept. And he asked the question, if you only had to work two hours a week, what would you do with that two hours? right? And then you kind of read, you kind of back into what's important in your life. And it probably isn't just sitting in an office or doing some sort of job for 40 hours a week. What can you do that's valuable to you and interesting to you? And here's kind of the penultimate or the ultimate point that I'm trying to make here is number five, you have plenty of money for all the things in the world that you truly want. If it's important enough to you, you will find a way to be resourceful enough to acquire the funds, the money, the resources you need to accomplish your goals. If it's important enough to you, because we know what we focus on, we grows. What we spend our time and attention on improves. And if it's really important to you, you will then find the resources, raise the money it takes to acquire the property uh, or acquire or to build the business or to you know, build whatever it is important to you. Property is a perfect example of this. I say all the time that blows people's mind. I tell them make offers like crazy, make offers, make offers, make offers, raise money, raise money, raise money. And how are you going to raise the money? You have to go acquire the property first. Well, how do you acquire something you don't have yet? Well, you get a purchase and sale agreement on a property and the, the asset that you found at a discount now will acquire the funds. So that's how you go about being resourceful enough to attract to you the resources, the, the funds that accomplish your goals while, while also solving their problem. And it goes back to the value subjective. Why don't they just buy the property? They don't want to. They want to just put their asset to work. So as an entrepreneur, you're going to go be the the creative uh, problem solver, find somebody out in the marketplace that needs to sell the property now at a discount. You're going to buy it at a discount using somebody else's funds that you teach people how to raise. And then there you go. You have a business.
0: Nice, 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 nice. So there you we are. Using money as a resource. I like that. I like the concept. I love your five, five points there. Thank you very much for sharing that, Paul. Now we're thinking about doing a presentation, uh, having you do a presentation to our folks about finding good deals, because that's mm-hmm. something that you become very, very good at. You did those 20 deals in 18 months right. while working full-time. I think you're doing an average of Two or three deals a month now that you're full time into real estate investing. Mm-hmm. You definitely have finding motivated sellers or finding good properties at, at a discount dialed dialed in. So tell us a little bit about what you're thinking about talking about in this.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm really looking excited. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm very excited about the opportunity to share with your audience how the the, the psychology that it takes. To understand what a seller is in and why they would sell at a discount, value subjective, and then actually talking about the techniques. We didn't have time for it here. We'd like to get on a a presentation where I'm just live sharing with you how exactly I go about analyzing the market, finding your niche, and basically making offers to help people. We're not making offers to, to build our business. Right, yeah. right, right. This is not. Let's go find people that need help and make offers to help.
0: Love it. Love it. Love it. All right. We'll get that dialed in and we'll have that in the show notes with this episode. So looking forward to that, Paul. And if people want to find out more about you and what you're up to, what should they do?
1: The best place to go and find me is on myfreedomfoundry.com. That's the community I run of people who are looking to. Elevate their life, create personal and financial freedom, uh, typically using real estate. But it, there are a lot of people involved in there that are kind of real estate adjacent and have a real a business that's somehow related to real estate. And it's my personal passion now to meet and find the most interesting people in the world and help them transform their lives.
0: Awesome. There we, there we go. So myfreedomfoundry.com. That's how you can find out more about Paul Thompson and get connected and get rolling with it. All right. Thank you so much, Paul. It's been a lot of fun. I really appreciate it. Thanks. All right, everybody, take care. We'll talk to you on the next episode. Well, hey there, thanks for tuning into the Property Profits Podcast. If you like this episode, that's great. Please go ahead and subscribe on iTunes. Give us a good review. That'd be awesome. I appreciate that. And if you're looking to attract investors and raise capital for your deals, then I'm going to invite you to get a complimentary copy of my newest book,